You are listening to The Break Room Podcast, brought to you by the Academy of New York. Hi, my name is Chris, and I am the host and producer of the show. On today's episode, we are going to speak with Scott Bushy, who is going to introduce to you guys key word formations, how to change words into a verb, a noun, and an adjective. This is going to be a very educational podcast, so I recommend getting a pen and a piece of paper along with you. This podcast is for intermediate to advanced level students. So, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Break From Podcast, brought to you by the Academy of New York. Hi, my name is Chris, and here with me is Scott. Hi everybody, my name is Scott Bushy. I'm one of the teachers here at ENI, and uh, it's a pleasure to be with everybody today. Originally, I'm from Colorado, but I uh, uh, went to school in Alaska. I've uh, lived a a few places around the world, uh, mostly in Asia, but now I'm in Warsaw. How is life in Alaska? Alaska is a pretty great place to be. Uh, they, it, of course, it's it's cold. Uh, you, it's it's hotter than you'd expect in the summer. Um, but the really wonderful thing about Alaska is the um, very interesting, very diverse local uh, languages and cultures. So uh, when I was there, I was working on my master's in linguistics, and I was uh, very fortunate to have the opportunity to study a uh, a local indigenous language or a native language of Alaska called Gwich'in. I like that. Tell us more about it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Alaska, of course, has uh, uh, so many different local cultures, uh, the, we would say the indigenous cultures or native cultures. And uh, I think the, of course, most famous that most people would be familiar with is, um, the various Eskimo cultures along the coast, the Arctic Ocean coast of Alaska. However, in the interior, we also have lots of um, and uh, non-Eskimo, we would say Indian, American Indian cultures and uh, or Alaska, uh, Alaska Native cultures. And um, one of those is is Gwich'in, and, and this is a very ancient culture, thousands and thousands of years old. People have been speaking this language, living in the forest, practicing a hunter-gatherer kind of culture that has uh, maintained its traditions probably for seven or 8,000 years. Wow. So it's extremely ancient, and uh, it's uh, actually it's, it's quite interesting because it's uh, uh, related in terms of vocabulary and grammar and even some cultural traditions to some of the tribes of Siberia. So mm-hmm. it goes all the way back to when people were first coming into the uh, uh, into North America from Asia. That's fantastic. So it, it's extremely ancient. It's a, it was a wonderful privilege to be able to study this language. Great. Well, that just makes me very exciting for excited for today's episodes because we're going to talk about word formations. Would you like to explain to the audience uh, quickly what word formations are? Absolutely. So whenever we have a uh, certain vocabulary word, and especially we're talking in terms of nouns, verbs, and adjectives, right? We can turn one of these parts of speech, for example, a noun, we can use that noun to make a verb or an adjective. 
So uh, there, there are a lot of, of course, these, uh, these, these vocabulary words that we learn, and it's quite useful to be able to take one part of speech and turn it into something else. Uh, for example, like I say, a verb into a noun or an adjective, or a noun into a, an adjective or a verb. And we have, uh, we, we have lots, of, um, uh, lots of these words, and, and it's a good way to think of it if you have one word, you can, you can uh, turn it into another two or three. Yes, right? definitely. So it's, it's, uh, if you have the, a, a single vocabulary word that you've learned, mm -hmm. you can expand that word into different parts of speech. And this is what we're going to focus on today. So I know that you have five separate words that you want to talk about, and so do I. So I think what we're going to do is just go back and forth with our set of words and then have a little discussion on it. To piggyback on what you mentioned, just to clarify, nouns are a person, place, or thing. A verb is an action word. So think of running, writing, even talking. These are all verbs. They're, they're in an action. And an adjective is words that describe nouns. So these word formations are going to be great for anybody that wants to expand on their vocabulary. So, Scott, what word do you have first? Okay, so uh, first of all, I'd like to talk about a noun ending. So uh, we have, uh, uh, in English, we call these suffixes. It's a, it's a piece of a word that we attach to the end, okay? And you're going to find in word formation that we do a lot of work with suffixes and, and uh, to, to a smaller degree, prefixes and that's what we put at the beginning of a word but most importantly let's focus on suffixes because that's what where where most of our work is going to be today okay so the first suffix that i'd like to talk about is ness n e s s ness and this is a suffix that we put on the end of an adjective to make a noun Okay, so consider, for example, the adjective weak. Okay, so if, um, it, for example, we could talk about if someone uh, can't speak a language very well, like, like me, I'm, I'm a beginner in Polish, so my Polish is quite weak, right? And so suppose we want to take this adjective weak and turn it into a noun. All we have to do is attach uh, this suffix N-E-S-S. -S. And what do we get from weak? We attach our N-E-S-S, ness suffix, and we get weakness. Okay, so that's, uh, that's this first one. So, so we have weak, and to make a noun out of this adjective, we can go to weakness. So for example, uh, like I say, uh, I might, uh, one might describe my Polish language ability as quite weak. Now, I, I have to, to my own defense, I must come to my own defense and say I'm working on it. So I'm, I'm in Polish class, I'm taking it uh, three days a week, so I'll get there someday. But for now, my Polish is still quite weak. So you might take this, this weak adjective 
turn it into a noun and we could say something like Scott's weakness in Polish is really embarrassing. That's actually, that's actually a really good sentence. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So suppose we have this this ness, right? The, this ness suffix, all right? And that's how we make a noun out of an adjective. Now, suppose we wanted to take weak and turn it into a verb. Okay, so if we, uh, to, to make something weak, right? So suppose if you uh, have some really, um, some really strong, bitter coffee, right? Maybe you made your coffee and there's too much coffee, not enough water. Has this ever happened to you, Chris? Uh, Definitely. Yeah, yes. exactly. So you might add a little water so that the coffee doesn't taste as bitter or as strong, right? So we want to make the coffee weak. So how do we do this? We weaken the coffee. So what's this? Like I say, it's another suffix. So we take this adjective, weak, we add E-N, N, and that gives us the verb weaken. So, like I say, if I make some coffee, it's too strong, I can, I can weaken the coffee by adding some water. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's, That's a, good a good one. one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're already off to uh, already off on the right track Absolutely. at the moment. On the right track just means that we are pushing forward with this and weak weekend and weakness are, yes, are is the first one. All right. Let me follow up with yours by talking about the word create. Yes, please. So the verb create is when you are able to plan something and make it, you know, come to real mm. life. So if I have a really good lesson plan that I want to create for my students, then I will do the research. I would put together some worksheets for my students. Mm. And then, boom, I have created a lesson plan. Boom. Yes. Now, to I'm not going to dive deep into the rules here because we, 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 we'll, we'll, this podcast will last an hour. But I'm just going to transition into the noun formation of the, of the verb create. And there are two. So I can use the noun creation, meaning that my lesson plan was an awesome creation that I made for my mm -hmm. students. Mm -hmm. Or I could use the other noun, which is creativity. Mm, now, creativity. creativity is a great noun where we can talk about our own creative. Oh, there we go. That's the adjective. There it our is. own creative style. So I can say that my creativity is awesome when it comes to making lesson plans. Now, getting back to the adjective that we have just, that I've just said, mm -hmm. unplanned, the adjective would be creative. So Scott is a creative teacher when it comes to developing his own lesson plans, or he can be very creative with art or with music or with poetry. Anything that you are able to produce your own creativity Mm -hmm. That is what we use here. So again, we have verb, which is create, noun, which is creation and creativity, and adjective, which is creative. Okay, well, that's that was a, another really good example. I like that um, the the I V E mm -hmm. suffix. That's a that's an adjective ending Sorry, that shows up. 
that that's an adjective ending that shows up a lot and the other one is the ate verb ending very common so you uh, I, I just for our students listening you will see that uh, you'll see that a lot so anyway i'd like to talk about another um an, another word that has the same suffix pairs as i was talking about earlier so remember we were talking about uh, from the adjective weak, we get weakness, a noun, and weaken, a verb. Well, let's apply the same suffixes to the word sweets. That's right, S-W-E-E-T, sweet. So this I is love how... Sweet. Sorry? I love sweet. Ah, you love sweet I food. I love sweet. Very good, very good. For sure. Personally, I do not like sweet food. I like spicy food. Uh-oh. So, okay. exactly, right. And right now, I'm drinking a sweet fused tea. And to be to be honest, this is not my favorite kind of tea. I, I uh, well, well, we'll talk about it in a minute. Definitely. But, um, yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> yes. talk about it in a minute. But um, let's add some of these suffixes to the, the adjective sweet okay so if we want to turn this into a noun so the 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 quality of uh something being sweet we call sweetness okay so like i said earlier n-e-s-s sweetness okay and let's uh move on and turn it into a verb okay so here we have uh sweeten and just like with weak, right, weaken, so we say sweeten, so with an E-N suffix. So like I was saying, my tea, I like my tea unsweetened. So I like it when they do not sweeten my tea. And um, I also like that you placed a prefix of mm. un in front of the word sweeten because now you're making it the opposite of sweet. You're instead of sweeten, making something sweet, unsweeten is when you're now making it a little bit either sour or bitter or spicier, depends on what it is, but you're now reducing the level of sweet in right. the food or in the beverage. So this is this is our negative prefix is yes. un. And this this we don't use this for all words, but we use this for many of them. And I think we could save that for another podcast in the future. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? I think so. I think so. So, I do have a question for you before I Please. move on to my next word. So, in America, well not in America, in Britain, people replace the word candy with the word mm. sweets. So my question is, what is your favorite sweets? Ah, very good. Yeah, what so like you say, sweets? yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, British English, right? So we, we use the word sweets with, as in sweet things. So mm -hmm. sweets with an S at the end to talk about any kind, well, any kind of sweet food really, mostly candy mostly or dessert. Candy. Yeah, 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 candy mostly, yeah. And uh, uh, personally, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, like I said, I, I'm not a fan of sweet food in general. But if you had to offer me some kind of candy, it would be dark chocolate. Ooh, dark chocolate. I like my dark chocolate. And, okay. and I like it because it's not so sweet. Yes. It, it's it, bitter. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that it gives a, a sort of a bitter taste. But exactly. I'm on the same. Yes. I'm on the same boat as you. I love dark chocolate or any kind of chocolate. It's, yeah. uh, it's my preference. So this this is a message for anybody listening to the podcast. If you if you see me, if you want to make me happy, 
Just give me some chocolate. Yeah, Valentine's Day is coming up, right? Mm, yeah, there we go. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. All right, so here's my next word. Uh, I like this word, actually, because okay. uh, we use it a lot. I'm looking at the... I'm, j- I'm going to start with verb and then move on to noun and adjective. Pay. Mm. The verb pay. I am going to pay for my food. So, again, with the word pay, there are two nouns that come from that. The noun pay, which can be used as a noun and a verb, and the word payment. So, we're putting the suffix of M-E-N-T along with pay to now put it in a noun formation of payment. So, you can say the best form of payment could be credit card or bank transfer. Or I do have a cash payment for you, where which means now my clients will now pay cash if they are going to if they want to use that option. Mm-hmm. The adjective for the word pay would be payable. Mm. So a b l e suffix with the word pay now ma- makes it makes this word being able to pay for something. Mm. So payable. So once again, the verb is pay. Noun being pay or payment, and the adjective payable. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, that's uh, the the uh, able shows up a lot. So we'll see words like um, pre- uh, preferable or or profitable. I would. Yes. W- one of my students was talking about a profitable business the other day. So. Oh. Anyway, that's uh, yeah, that's a that's a good one to know. Good. Uh, so so. Uh, I'd like to, so, so far I've spoken about the ness and n suffixes, right? Mm-hmm. So ness we can use to make a noun, weakness, sweetness. N, E-N, we can use to make a verb, weaken, sweeten. Now we're going to move on to a new pair of suffixes, and these go together, okay? And we're going to talk about shun and eight. Oh, okay. okay. So, what do you have here? Yes, in, indeed. So, so let's take a look at our shun suffix. And this is used to make a noun. Okay. And you'll see this a lot for abstract concepts. Sorry, shun. To, sorry to interrupt, but shun meaning T-I-O-N. N? Yes, indeed. All and right. let's let's take a look at that because I, I think uh, that can be confusing because English is not a phonetically written language. So in this case, whenever we see T-I-O and usually T-I-O-N, the T has an, a sh sound. So we usually would write this S-H, but not here. Here it's a T-I-O. So sh, this is the sound we want to make. I think if you were to say a Polish word with the same suffix, it would be tsia, right? Tsia. But, uh, and, and I think I've heard a few of my students making this kind of a tss sound. But um, in English, the, the corresponding sound for the uh, would be sh with a, with a kind of a hushing sound, right? Uh, so so T I O N. Let's all get into the habit of saying shun. Shun. So right. So our first word that I want to talk about is, and this is an important word for life. I think appreciation. 
Ooh. All right. So it's important uh, that we have a sense of appreciation for all the good things that we have in life. For example, my nice apartments, right, that I have in, in Vola, and it's a wonderful new building, and I was very lucky to find it at a very uh, reasonable rent, a good, you know, there's that able suffix, perfect. There you go, yes. Yeah, a, 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 an affordable, right, or a cheap rent, and so I have a strong appreciation for this nice apartment. That's, What's something you have an appreciation for? I have an appreciation for um, the people that I have surrounded um, mm, with, absolutely. Uh, in my life. Yes. Uh, I do have an appreciation for my wife yes. and my family-in-law, meaning yes, uh, my mother-in-law and my grandmother-in-law and her partner. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have an appreciation for you know just taking the time with you, Scott, oh, to, to record a podcast as well. So yes, I, I, I have a lot of appreciation for many things. Absolutely. And I, I think as uh, uh, maybe some of our Uh, listeners might have guessed by now the way we take these nouns and make a verb, and I think this might in fact be the base form, I'm not sure, is A-T-E, appreciates, right? So I suppose if we were going to Asian eight, yeah, I suppose appreciate, the verb would be our original form. So Perhaps I should have started with that, but that's okay. That's all right. You're that's already okay. you're giving I'm, great yeah, explanations. I'm, I'm I think right. people will Explanation. catch on. Explanation, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yes. right. Okay, so we have our, our A-T-E suffix for a verb. So appreciate. And uh, so if someone does something nice for me, I appreciate that. Or I have an appreciation. Now, suppose we're going to make an adjective. So if we want to describe someone as having a, as someone who appreciates everything good that they have, right? And that's a healthy thing to do. It's a good attitude to have. We would call that person appreciative. Okay, so I-V-E is our suffix. So we would say if someone appreciates things, we might call that person an appreciative person. So just to review, our uh, base form is the verb appreciate. To turn this into a noun, we get appreciation. And remember, T-I-O-N has a shun sound. And our adjective is appreciative. These are really great so far. And I hope that everyone is hopefully taking notes and following along with our podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Once again, we are talking about suffixes and word formations, and we will continue after the break. Podobać się nasz podcast? Dobrze jest osłuchiwać się z językiem angielskim, ale jeszcze lepiej jest ćwiczyć poprzez rozmowę. W Academy of New York nasi lektorzy z USA prowadzą kursy na każdym poziomie zaawansowania. Dlatego jeśli podcast to dla Ciebie za mało, kliknij w link poniżej i umów się na darmową lekcję próbną. And welcome back. So, just to pick up on what we did uh, previously, we are talking about suffixes and word formations. Mm-hmm. Word formations, changing an, a verb into a noun and changing a noun into an adjective. So, the next word that I'm going to use is focus on an emotion. Hmm. And the verb is embarrass. 
if you embarrass someone, you make them feel bad. You make them feel like they're not worth something. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a it's a it's a definite negative emotion. So when we're looking at the condition of this emotion, now we're putting the suffix of m e n t, which will now t- change the word into embarrassment. So if there is embarrassment, we're talking about the condition of somebody who feels a certain way or even the, the situation at hand. So the embarrassment uh, of this project was outstanding. You know, it, was, it just means that it was a complete failure. It was cringe and people felt embarrassed afterwards, which now leads to my adjective. And when we're looking at the adjective of the word embarrass, this adjective is what we call participial adjectives mm. or even cause and effect. So if I am embarrassed, that means that the situation was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So we have two suffixes. We have the suffix of ed to change the word into embarrassed. I feel embarrassed. Well, why do you feel embarrassed? Because now we're putting the ing with embarrassed and the situation was embarrassing. So what would you say, Scott, was the most embarrassing moment for you since living here in Poland? Oh, since living here in Poland. Okay. Um, gosh, I, I haven't had any really embarrassing moments yet. Um, Good for you. When I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really, I, uh, when, when I think of embarrassing moments, I think of a time when I, I was living in China and I was still very, just a beginner in Chinese. And uh, I, was, I wasn't very good at the language yet. And uh, I, I thought a guy was talking about a wedding when he was talking about a funeral. Mm. And so I uh, made a very big mistake and I congratulated a man on the death of a family member. Yikes. That was pretty bad. How did that end? That was extraordinarily embarrassing. And and the, the guy was, I, I realized my mistake and apologized, um, we would say profusely. It means I, I was very, very sorry. And the guy he he uh, said it was he said it was okay and he was he was very nice about it he understood that I was I was new in um, to to the Chinese language and I wasn't very good at it yet he understood that I had just made a, a, a silly mistake but uh, I felt really terrible about it and I was very glad that I never saw that guy again. I would dig a hole and hide oh, under a rock. Boy, for a week. that was bad. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was. Yeah, I'll yeah, tell you. An, yeah. I'll tell you an embarrassing moment for Please. me. So, um, just like you, Scott, I'm also a weak Polish speaker, and mm-hmm. I, I would really love to continue with my Polish lessons, hopefully in the future. But I wanted to test my Polish skills with ordering food, mm. and one of my favorite dishes is ribs with French fries. Mm. Oh, oh, okay, I love it. However, I, instead of saying żabarka, which is ribs in Polish, right, right. I said rybki. Polish, okay. which is fish. Fish, aha. Uh-huh. So I said, I said, Czemagam proszyć rybki i frybki. 
thinking I was ordering ribs and french fries. You got fish and chips. I got fish and chips instead. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And funny enough, my wife was there. Yeah. And instead of helping me out, no, she allowed me to fail. She she looked at it and was like, oh, I thought you were ordering ribs with fish. No. I mean, ribs with fr- french fries. No, no. I get fish and chips. So That's pretty funny. Yes, an embarrassing moment for me, but, you know, you live and you learn. Right? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. What's another word that you have? Okay. Well, my next one, and uh, so if if you'll remember, my last word, uh, the, the original base word is appreciate. So that was a verb with the A-T-E suffix, and we got the noun appreciation and the adjective appreciative. Let's look at a similar suffix set, and here we have educate. So our verb is to educate, to teach somebody. So uh, if if someone is uh, in you, if you come to my class, I hope that I can educate you a little bit in the English language. Again, I, I hope. So uh, if we want to take this verb to educate, and again, remember that means to teach. So if we want to take educate and turn it into a noun, what do we get? We add our shun suffix. And remember that's T-I-O-N. And we get education. Education. So um, we can also talk about education not just in the sense of having an education um, or, or you know, getting a good education, but we can also talk about education as a field of study. So if you would like to become a teacher, uh, especially in a, a public school or something like that, you need to study education in college. And... Um, so we would, we would say, for example, uh, a major in education at a university. So that's educate. Our noun is education. And if you remember our um, adjective from appreciate, we got appreciative. So you might think, aha, educative. Well, I'm sorry, but English has so many exceptions and irregulars that there's a lot you just have to memorize. And this is one of those things. So I'm sorry to say we do not say educative. Instead, our adjective form of this word is educational. So we have the AL suffix. And this is another good adjective suffix that you will see. So here we say that we have the noun form, education, T-I-O-N, and we add A-L to it for our adjective. So we could say educational, and we can say, for example, the the experience of, uh, well, here, here in Poland, living here has been an educational experience for me because I got to learn about a culture that I knew nothing about before. So I've uh, been very happy to live here and, uh, and, and learn more about this, this wonderful country and culture here in Poland, and especially the language. It has been a very educational experience. 
That's great. Awesome. Uh, and I hope that this podcast that you're listening to mm. would be educational for you as well. You see how I put the Absolutely. words in there? Absolutely. <laughs> I love, I really love word formations. Good stuff. Uh, so I do, I also have an irregular word formation, and that would be symbol. Now, the noun symbol means it's a representation. It could be a physical represent, representation of an organization, of a country, of something that it has an establishment or a team or an organization. Mm -hmm. So a perfect example of symbol would be the white eagle for on the Polish flag. Mm -hmm. So you have the, the colors of red and white with the white eagle, or is it a falcon? Who knows? Let's, let's go with eagle. The white eagle as the symbol on the Polish flag. So that is what we use as symbol. If we want to turn something into a symbol, or if you want to make something into a symbol, now we would put the suffix of I-S-E, that's in British, or if you're an American, it would be I-Z-E, and we would now change it into the word symbolize. So if you want to change or turn something into a symbol, you would symbolize this. How can we use that into a sentence? So I can say, I want to symbolize our new logo for the company. Once again, I want to change, turn this logo into our new symbol for the company. So instead of saying, make it a symbol, we would then say, symbolize. And if we're now changing the word into an adjective, we will now put the suffix of I-C and call it symbolic. Symbolic. The way that we can uh, use this uh, as a, in a sentence would be, our night was symbolic. Now, the way that we would describe that means it was so great that this will be sort of a mm -hmm. symbol of our lives for a long time. Mm -hmm. Symbolic. Or this is a symbolic moment for us, talking about how this particular time, this moment, is a symbol for the rest of our lives, something that we could be able to talk about, like this podcast. This is a symbolic moment for us because we are now producing educational content for our students to listen to. What do you think, Scott? Is that good enough? I think that's really good. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have an irregular for you as well. And this is, um, th this one is, is uh, it's not only irregular, but it's an extremely ancient word. Ooh. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, uh, the, the original, the base form for this word is strong. So remember how we started with the adjective weak? Well, we're going all the way around to the opposite and we have the adjective strong. Okay, and so uh, you, uh, now let's take a look at this word strong. Now in order to change the uh, verb into, excuse me, the adjective, strong is an adjective, change this adjective into a verb and a noun, we are going to change the vowel sound. Okay, so, Remember what a vowel is. Let's just review that. A vowel is A, E, I, O, and U, and sometimes Y. These, I always like to tell my students, just think of an open mouth sound. That's what a vowel is. A vowel is a sound where you're opening your mouth and there's no, um, you're not stopping the air from leaving your mouth. 
okay so that's what a vowel is and when we have and the way you can tell if a word in English is really really ancient very old words will change their vowels for different forms of the word so for example run ran right so that is and and this uh, these are really old words that have been in English for thousands of years even the even before English was really English so uh, we're going to look now at the, 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 the verb and the noun that we get from the adjective strong. Okay, so let's go over first to our noun. And uh, you might think, okay, well, probably strongness or strongation, something like that. Well, again, I'm sorry, this is just an irregular that we have to memorize. And and uh, that's just the way English is. There's a lot of these. So, uh, like I say, we are changing our vowel sound. We go from strong, and here we get strength. Now, what is this? S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H. Strength. And I know a lot of uh, my students are... Um, uh, not very happy when they have to make this th sound. It's a hard sound for a lot of people to make. And uh, uh, most languages don't have this sound, so we really need to practice it. We put our tongue in between our teeth with a small space and push the air through this, this small opening. It's a real hard sound. English has it, and English is really about the only major world language that has this sound. Uh, Icelandic has it, Zulu has it, um, um, Gwich'in has it, but, but these are not major world languages. English really is the only big language in the world that has this annoying TH sound. So um, let's, uh, let's practice that word one more time. Strength. Okay, and now let's uh, try to take this, uh, so we started with the adjective strong, turned it into the noun strength. Now let's make a verb. Now, if you remember weaken and sweeten, we have the same en suffix here. So at least there's one form of this word that is a little bit regular. And what is our verb for this word? strengthen so to make something stronger strengthen so I hope that I can strengthen my Polish language ability and I hope that I can help you strengthen your English so uh, I would just very quickly like to um, uh, revisit like I was saying the changing vowel this means, and, and you will see these words occasionally in English, this means that they're at the most basic level of English vocabulary. They have been in the English language since before it was even English. I'm looking at the etymology of this word, and originally, 5,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago, there was a word in an ancient, we call it, we, we would say Proto-Indo-European language. 
and they use the word strang, and it means tight or stiff. If you have a think about taking a piece of rope and pulling it tight, mm-hmm. and that was strang. Yikes! And that was the word that was used, and and uh, as as languages change slowly over time, uh, meanings move, and and uh, new words develop, right? And so, uh, in modern times, we get words like strong or strength. And I was looking here online; it's very interesting. I was looking for a Polish word that has this the, it, for the same word in Polish. I don't know if Polish has it, but Latvian has it. And in Latvian, we say strangus, which means brave. Mm-hmm. So how about that? It's an ancient word, and it's uh, uh, it's in these irregulars with the changing vowels. That really shows us the deepest level of the English vocabulary. And I would say that your strength is definitely talking about linguistics. So, <laughs> you, so for sure, for, for, for you to be a part of this podcast is fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. So we're going to uh, uh, get, get to our final word of the, of the show, and then we'll finish off. And once again, thank you so much, guys, for sticking around and listening to us. The final word that I have is going to be the verb explain. This whole podcast, we have been, been explaining, uh, you know, certain word formations and the suffixes. So why not finish the podcast with the word explain? And we have two very different noun and adjective formations for this, starting with the word, starting with the word explanation as the noun. So this podcast is a good way to explain or to provide an explanation on how certain words are used in context as a noun, as a verb, and as an adjective. Now, when we are changing the noun explanation into an adjective, it's not going to be explanative. No, 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 no. It's actually going to be explanatory. So the suffix of T-O-R-Y, explanatory, meaning that this word, this, this word is serving to explain something. So this podcast can be explanatory for you when it comes to different word formations and how to use these words in context. So again, we have explain, explanation, and explanatory. What do you think? Very good. Excellent. Excellent. That was a really good explanation, Chris. Thank you very much, Scott. And thank you for joining today's podcast. My pleasure. It was um, it, it was it was a very uh, it was an educational experience for me. Good, great, and thank you so much, guys, for listening to the Break Room Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. My name is Chris, and uh, my co-host once again is Scott. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Bye, everybody. Chcesz więcej ciekawych treści po angielsku takich jak ta? Obserwuj nas, aby być na bieżąco.